send it to Good. you. And, and at some point when I'm yapping at you, you can put it, I'm going to, I'm going to put it up there now. I don't and, know. Uh, and if you want to put it up there, because it's better than them trying to find it on my page. I just find that that okay. works better. Well, you know. So, but, but Sam, Yes, um, what we didn't discuss before we went live, and because you're sitting in your kitchen, I'm going to assume this is not happening. We were going to discuss whether or not you felt like you like you were going to sing today or not. And we didn't talk we about it. Discuss that. We um, didn't. I, I'll sing. I'll sing something. Oh, I'm so, okay. Something. Okay. Ready? All right. You'll you'll tell me when the when the spirit moves you and okay. and and we'll, and we'll do that. I'm very excited about that because you know <laughs> there are people who they hear your name and they go right back to that star search and they get the goosebumps because they think about somewhere over the rainbow. And I would imagine that's such an iconic thing for you that wherever you go, people are still taking you Absolutely. back there. Well, you know, it's a really good song to get stuck with. It's right? a really good song <laughs> to get stuck with. And so I've done it now for whatever it is, hundreds of years. And some <laughs> thousands of times, and um, I'm really blessed. I'm really lucky that I got stuck with it because it's one of those songs too. As a as a performer, it can be uh, for me for, as the one who's singing it and saying it and telling the story of it. It has so many possibilities. It can be hopeful. It can be why why can't I? It can be you know aspirational. Why not me? Or it can be why not me? It can be so many things depending on, you know, what you had for lunch that day and what's going on in your life. And you so, know, I don't know if I've ever asked you this, Sam, huh? what was it all of those things that took you? What, 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 how, how did you choose it? I mean, obviously it was the most important, the most important moment of your life leading up to that. Did you know that you were going to say, was that the ace in the hole? What, what was the deal? I sang it midway through the season of Star Search, and then I sang it again when we had fi semifinals and okay, finals. Okay, I know you. I knew you I did sung not, it at the end. I did not think of it as oh, this is special. This is gonna. It was just a song that I heard a great arrangement of that Patti LaBelle did, and then I kind of made it my own. But it was that six eight feeling was hers, and um, I just chose it as another song to sing because when I was choosing my songs for that show. I never did them in advance because I didn't want to give it a, you know, a Kanahara. A Kanahara. And so, um, toy, toy. um, so, uh, I, I would choose like right before the next one. And so I just, you know, went through songs that were in my repertoire or songs I wanted to sing. And I had never sung that. I'd never sung it in, you know, in a show or a thing or a club, nothing. And so, but I wanted to do it. And I didn't know that it would become that for me. And uh, had any men sang it up till that point? Yeah, I don't know. I don't either. I don't know. I don't like you're the first I Somebody heard. Must have. I don't know. I don't know. Did well, you ever get to talk to Patti LaBelle about it? Oh, yeah. Really? Well, the, first time I, the first time we met, I was, uh, if she was in mm -hmm. concert, it was in New York City, and I loved her. And I, it, I'll never forget this. So I walked in, I want to, who was it? Was it the Beacon? I don't remember. Anyway, I walked in, you know, to take my seat and there was all this applause. And I'm like, who's here? What, <laughs> who's here? And I realized it was for me oh and her God. audience 
you know, certainly knew her that and were, were fans of mine. And so I was so thrilled. And then I, you know, I, I took my seat. I watched this amazing, she's a freak of nature. She's just extraordinary. Wow. And at the end of the show, she was saying, acknowledging some, you know, celebrities in the audience and people started yelling out, Sam Harris, Sam Harris. And she went, Sam over the rainbow Harris. <laughs> and oh, wait a minute, no, this wasn't in New York. It was here in LA. I remember now. So <clears throat> get on up here, get on up here. And we sang it together. Get, I have goosebumps thinking and, about this. And as high as I sing it, she sang it higher. And I was like, and I had to like pull this out. But here's the thing, it was during that period, you know, in the eighties when she had that iron, <laughs> and it, she also that particular night had like the solar system, some sort of a hat of some kind, with like suns and moons and things. Yeah, And she's, you know, throwing off her shoes and grabbing me and we're jumping up and down with the mic and I'm getting hit in the eye by Mars <laughs> and Venus. And it was surreal. And she was so lovely and oh so my God. And, you know, we saw each other many times. I shouldn't say many, a half a dozen times through the years at, uh, we had dinner together or I, oh. we did the same show together, you know, like a, a benefit or something for television or whatever. And she's the real deal, man. She's the real deal. And I don't know how old she is, but I did see that she's playing somewhere around here. And I'm like, okay. Okay. Amazing. Oh my amazing. God. Oh my God. Yeah. By the way, that was my mother. <laughs> oh no. You know, I've been doing a show on Wednesday for how many years? I don't know. 10. That was my mother just calling on Wednesday at five o'clock too. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought when you said that was my mother, that Patty LaBelle was your mother. I didn't yeah, know. No. I, I, yeah, no. Um, so, so was she, she was obviously flattered by the fact that you had, she was not a, she was flattered or she was gracious, but she actually, <laughs> she, she was very wonderful and kind and really uh, just loving. And she wrote a book and sent me a copy and, and uh, you know, just like, let's all, let's always keep singing. And it was something beautiful. And she's a, she's a wonderful spirit on the earth too. You know, she brings great joy and she's got a voice from God, from nature. I mean, she's really something. And you can't believe, you know, when you hear her. I'm a big, big fan and a fan of her as a human being. That's a really lovely thing. That's a really, and, and, I'm, and whether she's gracious or she was good, it doesn't matter what the reason, she, she was good with you. And so that's all that matters. Uh, what, what, what was behind it doesn't, to me, doesn't matter. Um, so, all right, so let's go back to how you look, Sam, because we all know that's all that really matters. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, you look amazing. You're chiseled, you're gorgeous. You, you, you really look younger. I, it, you're, you're, you're sparkling. Tell us what the I know. Hell. I am. What I'm have right. you done? I have lost almost 35 pounds. Oh my, and how and long? Very short, like six months. What, what, what have you done? What are oh, you doing? Oh, 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 no, it wasn't Ozempic. <laughs> no, it was not. It was Vicky, I'll tell you, it was a lot of cocaine. And <laughs> no, it wasn't that either. Um, you know what? 
I was so determined. <clears throat> okay, what well, uh, can you tell me? I know for me, what was the moment of truth? Because I assume you've been on many diets. Oh my God, because I fluctuate so much. Me but too. I had okay. been this last time of being fat, I was very, when we first met, I was rail thin. Yeah. And I uh, was going into a pretty deep depression. And I was very skinny, too, too thin. And I don't, you know, they say that you can never be too thin. And I still say, until someone's worried about me, I'm not really thin enough. But people were worried about me. <laughs> okay, what, 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 how did you do at that time? Was it just from being depressed or? Um, no, no, no. I was very, uh, you know, I was at the gym every day. I was dieting. I was everything. And then it just went too far. Um, but not from me. It wasn't, I didn't get, I was anorexic in college. So I know from food, from disorders. But um <clears throat> No, I just, it was depression that hit me. And then I started taking antidepressants, which saved my life. But I gained 20 pounds in like two months. And then I gained another 10. And then I gained another 10 during COVID. So all of a sudden I'm carrying like 40, 50 pounds. And um, it just kept going. And I, a lot of it was like, and you know, I'm parent and you're always going there's so little time for yourself but it was definitely affecting my psyche but i um i just couldn't really get it together would do it for a while i'd lose 15 i would hire a trainer and i would lose 15 or 20 and it was just so hard to get off and i hear you want to see my moment hold on okay were you gaining it all back would you lose it and gain it all back because that's been my thing well, no, lose it and gain it. during this period it's been it's been 10 years right really thin so this is way and you know the longer it's on okay you want to see my moment yeah i was doing putting an audition on tape <clears throat> oh it's always it's always film it's always okay. there's always the proof so i had to shave my little goatee yeah but this this was i looked at the tape this was the screenshot <laughs> okay yeah. yeah you don't you're not even the same person. and i was like is that yeah and you know what some people carry it really well you know you or, carried or it really well fines. i you carried it really well no i didn't no that's just a bad picture that's just no, it's a not. bad and let me tell you we all have friends <clears throat> who societally are supposed are heavy <clears throat> But care like I have this one friend and she is so curvy and she is so gorgeous and she shouldn't be any other way. I am not that person. And so when I would start seeing pictures of myself and paunchy, you know, not to mention it slows you down, not to mention for me, well, here's this thing too. Not only as we get older, you know, when we look at somebody and we're like, you know, oh, they're they're older, and we realize we're the same age. You know that feeling, yeah. or that <laughs> where we look at ourselves and we catch ourselves in a reflection, oh. and we're really surprised because that's not how we see ourselves, right? Yeah. It was like, oh, what? Who? No, and yeah. and now I can really honestly say, when I look in the mirror, I'm like, oh, that's what I. That's I. I I'm good with that. I'm really good. I haven't said that in a long time. <laughs> I'm, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a good feeling. And then of course, the more you do, the better you feel.
but it's just a lot of hard work. And when I was younger, you know, I could lose 10 pounds in a week. Yes. And, uh, you know, I just not, I remember when I used to only eat pie and that was my diet <laughs> and that, and it worked. Uh, <laughs> oh God. But hi, um, Danny. Danny's going through over there. Hi, Danny. We're on the air. Oh, hi, it, Danny. Nikki. How are you, Nikki? Hi, Danny. Nice it's to good here. to see you. Um, anyway, yeah. So I, I walk about, I don't know, eight or 10 miles a day. No, no, wait. You said that. Okay. So how long does it take you? That's a lot. How long does it take you to walk eight to 10 miles? That's a lot. Well, I'll tell you what my schedule is. Okay. Now, is we get up at 5 a.m. because I have to have Cooper at football practice during the summer at 6 a.m. Oh my God. So I take him to football practice and I take the dogs with us. And then we have, I live in Silver Lake and there's a reservoir here. And then I take the dogs for a walk around the reservoir. I bring How many times home. around is, is that? That's a lot of miles. Um, it's about 2.8 miles or something. Yeah. And then I run them home because we're five minutes away. Then yeah. I go back and I do two more. Wow. And so that turns out to be like nine miles, 10 miles. And, and how long does that take you? Well, then I pick him up at nine. And so, so you're walking from six to nine, basically six fifteen to eight forty five. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it's fine. I put on some it's I always put on. Uh, only pretty much only piano music, just like classical piano, because it's peaceful. Huh. And it's lovely. And I'm not somebody who, if I was on a treadmill in a gym, I might put something that was like, ah, nah. but this is just, it starts my day. And also I, I'm a meditator. And I was so just going to ask you if you do walking meditation. I, do I don't walking do walking meditation. meditation. I mean, it's sort of walking meditation, but before I get up, at, we get up at five. Mm -hmm. I, I do transcendental meditation. Oh. I do it at, at when I get up before Cooper's upstairs. And um, that's how I start my day. And I just kind of continue that through it. I don't listen to tapes or anything. I just sort of like, you know, I I'm all over the place as we always are. When I was a little boy, like 10 years old, uh -huh. my father sat me down and put on a piece of classical music. And he said, tell me the story. And I learned <clears throat> that music is the underscoring for our lives, for everything. And so when I started telling the story that the music was telling me to tell. You're talking about you would tell the story of a classical piece? You would play it and it would be an orchestration and it would do this and do this. And I would say, you know, I was 10. I would be like, and we're in a cemetery and the skeletons are dancing and the moon comes out. And I realized that I was making up this story, but at one point it sounded like the music was underscoring my story rather than me, to, do you know what I'm saying? Wow. That makes sense. And uh -huh. so when I listen to this piano music, <clears throat> it underscores my thoughts and my vision for that day and whatever. And if it gets a little like this, then it takes me something else, but I feel like I'm leading it. This sounds weird, but but anyway. It doesn't sound weird because I, I, I used to speed walk and listen to whatever I was listening to, but I'd end up writing my next tough post piece or whatever and yes. talking into the phone and getting ideas. And while I was listening, I, yeah, I have yeah. to, I have to get water. Hold on. Go, go get water. So um, while he's getting water, I'm going to say hi to everybody. So Rachel Maddie Taylor is talking to you. Oh, hello. Hi. And uh, Laura Thornton's here and Tova and Linda Phillips is saying hi to you and, and Marge and, and, uh, 
I know some of these people. You know some of these people. Tony, all these people are saying hi. Um, so, okay, so I bet if you, you meditate every single day, you do not falter. No, I meditate every day. Okay. If there was a day without meditation for some reason, would it change how that your day went? Do you think? I don't, would that just doesn't I don't know if it would change it immediately. I mean, I say I meditate every day. There have been days that, you know, I just haven't gotten to it. Right. But do you know, but you do you notice a change on those days? Because there are days that I don't, and I notice a change. I can see a difference. I can, in yeah, there's a change. I think if I didn't do it for more than a day or so, then I would feel a bigger change. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, it gives me patience. Mm -hmm. It gives me a contemplative uh, zone. It makes me listen better. Ah, I love that. It makes me listen better. Uh, I just think it makes me better. Yeah. And, you know, I have a kid, and so patience is necessary because I have a 15-year-old who... Okay, I was just going to say, how old is Cooper now and how tall is he? I saw a You're picture. You're not going to believe this. He's 6'1". Oh, my God. He's 15, turned 15 in April, and he's a skinny little beanpole. My boy was always a little you know husky little chunky boy beautiful beautiful child but had the metabolism of you know a polar bear and <laughs> i mean and i can relate to that so and then all of a sudden he just sprouted and became he gained five inches and lost 30 pounds in the same year what so while he was doing this he was doing this wow you know that happened to my harry actually Really? Yes, he got he's he's about almost six he's six four ish and wow he's, he's fully grown now. He's twenty nine, but he but in he did that in high school and it and he got thin. It's amazing. Yeah. And Cooper is super health nut right now. You know, oh. he's, he's football, he's only he eats a lot of high protein, he doesn't eat junk food, he doesn't crave it, he doesn't want it. He this doesn't have you know, these kids that go through a bag of Doritos, he won't even touch one. Almost what? to the point where I'm like, have a bag of Doritos. Because his whole life, I was like, don't eat any more Doritos. <laughs> and now I'm like, eat, baby, eat. Wow. Yeah. Self-regulating self like that. That's Well, amazing. it's great because he understands a goal, you know, and that's what he understands. And I think for kids in general, I'm sure you can attest to this, they don't see long-term, they see short-term, so right? So what's the goal right now? The goal is for him to be healthy and feel good about his you know, his body. No, what's his, what's his goal? That's his goal. Oh, that's his goal. His goal is to be, and you know, he wants to put on some muscle mass, but he, he works out, he does football and then he works out in the garage wow. with weights and things and he eats high protein and he's at an age where self-image is there and he wants to be stronger and he wants to, you know, it's, it's great. And I'm, it's, it's great. And so does football make you nervous? It did before he played freshman year mm -hmm. because the obvious because of injury and stuff. Injuries, right. And also there's more injuries in high school football than there are in the NFL. Yeah. Um, so I was very nervous, but, and he had never played any team sports. He had done individual sports. Like? You know, he loved skiing, tennis, golf, things like that, but never team. 
and he was so adamant about doing a team sport. And I know what that means being in the theater and being part of a company, what that finding that tribe, how valuable that is. And frankly, his enthusiasm superseded my fear. And I, you know, yeah, do I get nervous, especially because he's a lineman. So he's like literally hitting people with his head. (laughs) And this is something, by the way, (laughs) if you had said, Sam Harris, you're going to have a child who likes hitting people in the head and doesn't (laughs) like musical theater. I would say you doesn't like it. When I was, when he was a little (laughs) child, he would be like in the bath when he was three years old and I would sing something to be stop. (laughs) Don't you know who I am? Don't you know? (laughs) Well, well, but now he's at the age. Well, I don't know if if it's true with boys so much. I don't remember Harry doing it, but my daughter, it's the eye rolling. She's still at 25, eye rolling her ass off. Eye rolling, or this, this actually, I think is new for this, for the world right now. Your kids are probably, they're a little older and okay. 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 I'm like, you cannot say that to me unless I've asked you to wash the dishes or pick up the dog poop. Okay. Like he'll say like anything. It's okay to speak. Anyway, uh, he's a great child. He is funny, funny, dry, funny that came from the nurture <laughs> um, he's dry funny and he's a, he's just a great kid and he's loving and you know we're at a place now where i can no longer kiss him when i he gets out of the car to go to school oh yeah no 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 he actually asked me not to come all the way in when i no 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 i had to take something in to the school instead of dropping him off. And he was like, can you let me go ahead, please? And just follow me and like to give me-, give me I that. can't believe you're allowed to drop him off in front of school. I had to be, <laughs> I had to be half a block away. So by high school. So I, yeah, that's-, that's He's a great kid. It's the best thing ever. Oh, that's so, all right. So let's get back to, um, that's that's wonderful, Sam. I'm so happy for you. Okay, so let's get back. And, and how about 15, he's really into his health and everything. So I'm assuming you're not having issues with substances with him because 15 it can start no i know it can and and danny and i often talk about not being blind a lot of parents are like not my child right and i think we're not and we live in a world where it's certainly prevalent and available um and i don't think i'm being innocent he uh he's not there yet and i expect him to be not not abusive but I expect him to, you know, try something, drinks, smoke pot, have a gummy, whatever. It's it's part of part of kind of learning who we are. And then there are those of us that don't do that very well. So um, yeah, I, I to the degree that like there was, I, he was talking about Halloween. Actually, today because he has a girlfriend, he's gonna kill me if he knew I was talking about this stuff. <laughs> um, and he said, you know, we're not going to go trick-or-treating with the kids. We're going to do something. We have an idea about costumes. And of course, this is months away. Right. He said, well, maybe somebody's going to have a party. And he said, I told you before, I'm not interested in going to parties. I said, Cooper, everybody's interested. It's life. You go to parties. It's music. It's hanging out. It's laughing. He said, yeah, but dad, the parties at my age, they, the next day they come in and they talk about how drunk they were or how high they were. 
And I said, well, you don't have to partake to have a good time. You can go to a party. And he goes, I, I'm not interested. So I don't know. He'll get there when he gets there. My kids were slow to the party too. And they're actually normies. And we're going to talk about this too, because I know we are um, of like. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they, they didn't get on the bandwagon that I was on. They, right. That was that was just not their has not been their thing. Very. very well, when lovely. I was when I was fifteen, I left home. I know I you good. did. I mean, I, yeah. came back for, I came back for a few months, but I left home. So when I look at my fifteen-year-old child, who I'm having to explain how to make macaroni and cheese, and <laughs> I'm thinking. I was living in another state with a job, certainly smoking, certainly drinking. By 16, I was in a relationship um, and I'm looking at him and I'm thinking, yes, I was the anomaly. I was the anomaly because I had great discipline and great ambition and drive and responsibility. But still, I think, how did my parents let me do that? Oh, and let's talk about that. We, you can't just touch on that. I, we've, we talked about that many years ago, the first time right. you did the show, but let's talk about that. How do you leave home at 15? How did your parents let you leave home and why did you leave home? Um, I left home because I was hired for a job that took me away, which I was taken to the audition for by my father to Dallas from, we lived in you know a little town outside of uh, Tulsa and i left why because i i needed to i personally on a deeper level i needed to be out of a of a constrictive place where i could not find my tribe and i was gay and i was super talented and i was all these things that <clears throat> needed to be away and find my tribe why they let me go and we've never really discussed this but i think it was more my father than my mother and I think he realized that it's because they couldn't not. Because they couldn't not, even though they probably wouldn't were not able to articulate that. That I couldn't find my tribe and that I needed to that they thought he's got to he's got to do this. He's got to do did, this. did they know you were gay when you were 15? No, that's what I thought. So how did they know you couldn't find your tribe? I shouldn't say maybe that's a word words they wouldn't have used. Mm -hmm. How about this is probably their perspective. He needs to be with more people like him, which is a tribe. He needs yeah. to be with more people who ha are talented and driven and, you know, that's not here. And so he needs to be in a place where he can be nurtured by that and inspired by that and learn from that. But and wait, I thought your father was tough. He was very and not tough. really. Um, I'm surprised to hear all this because. <clears throat> I'm surprised to hear your father was the one that took you to the audition because I thought your dad tough. was. He was very tough, but he also loved my talent. Mm -hmm. He wasn't always able to openly express it, not until he was much, much, much older. And there was a lot of judgment and a lot of fear. Mm -hmm. And he was very unpredictable emotionally which we put us on eggshells all the time, but he believed in my talent and he was proud of my talent. Uh, 
he knew, I'll tell you what, he says that when he took me to that, that audition, because everybody in my little town, you know, thought I was a star. But what's a star in, you know, in a little town? And so he took me to this audition and it was in a, and it was just for a theme park. It was for like Six Flags. This is before I went to Opryland. But it was, you know, living away. It was a show you did four times a day or whatever. Anyway, they had auditions in Dallas at a, in a big ballroom in a hotel. And, you know, everybody's there. I was by far the youngest, but it was hundreds of people, you know, with the dancers with their leg up on the wall and everybody singing and getting their music and doing whatever. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and sort of not, con I mean, then at the front of the room was the table. We all know the table that has the producer, the director, the blah, 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 blah. Right. In front of the table. And this was, all, you didn't go into a separate room. This was all in the same room. And the news was there covering the story of the audition, standing in the back of the hotel, over the ballroom. And so I'm looking around and I'm thinking, my arrangement as it is, is not gonna work. And I'm 15, I need to capture their, I need to knock them. So it was my turn, number one, 342. And I go up and I give the pianist my music. And I said, we're gonna change this. Just give me the pedal tone and I'm gonna start on this note. And so he gave me the thing and I went, da, 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 right? So everybody went, what? Because I, you know, I smacked them. And all of a sudden it got very quiet. I was singing my guts out. The news crews flooded down to the front of the thing. And then when I finished, you know, there was applause and there was things that weren't happening for the, some of the other auditioners at all. And my father said that was the moment he knew that it wasn't just him. Uh... That he wasn't just my talented son, that it was bigger than that. And that was big for him. And he was a musician, he was a band director. He loved music. He introduced me to music. He's the one who took ah. me to see, you know, Mel Torme oh. at a rehearsal with the symphony in Tulsa. So I got to sit in on the rehearsal. He took me to see Count Basie and Ella Fitzgerald in a nightclub that I wasn't old. I was 11 or 12 that I wasn't old enough to get into. And he convinced the maitre d' to let me in. He took wow. me to see Davis Jr. when I was 10, Liza Minnelli when I was wow. 10. He took me to see Jesus Christ Superstar when I was touring. He introduced me to great music and great artists. And that was all him. My mother was from, loved the theater and would have been an actress had she not been of her time, of that oh. generation. Mm -hmm. And um, <clears throat> so we had that, but musically my father led that, which was a little confusing because I had this effusively, <clears throat> shouldn't say effusive because he didn't talk about it, but this person who got it and knew I would get it and shared that with me, introduced me to it, was the same person. You didn't know what, what he was going to do. And it could be very angry and it could be very, very dark. So I had this and then this. Did, was your father a drinker? Did he have no. us? No. Mm -mm. no. And so how did that all start for you? And when did that start for you? Substances? Well, I think it started <clears throat> certainly when I was a teenager. It wasn't crazy when I was a teenager. Mm -hmm. And again, this keeps coming up, I guess. I was so driven and focused 
that I wasn't going to do, like I never went clubbing. I never went to- Never? never. Not even not even with Liza? <laughs> I never went clubbing. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't have time for that. I didn't put myself in dangerous situations. Mm. You know, I came up during the, you know, the time of AIDS. Yeah. And I was just not that wild and crazy person. Or I'd probably be dead because <clears throat> mm -hmm. I do things in extreme. And so, uh, and then when I started to have a career and was started to be known, I wouldn't do those things. I didn't go to those clubs and those things because I was People afraid. People who you were. They would, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, <clears throat> I didn't ever do that. Well, so so I did, my drinking did not, my drinking just rolled into, you know, just more and more. And it was never, it was never loud in public. I mean, it might've been at my house, <laughs> but um, with a dinner guest, you know, <laughs> which I didn't keep my mouth shut about things, <laughs> but, and I was so managing it. And I thought, well, you know, if I can run three miles in the morning, then I must not have a problem. If I can go to work, if I can do eight shows a week, then I must not have a problem. Did you ever drink before you hit the stage? I'm assuming you didn't. You don't seem the type. Okay. Mm -hmm. All the things that said, this person is an alcoholic, mm -hmm. those obvious things were not in my life. I gave the appearance of that. Meanwhile, <clears throat> what was happening to me was I got sadder and sadder and sadder. And what we do often as alcoholics is we isolate mm -hmm. because we can't talk to anybody after you can't make plans or I make them and cancel them because I'm not going to be in shape to do that. So it's easier to stay home and drink. Mm -hmm. um, what stage of your life was this, Sam, when this was going on? When it got smaller and smaller? Yeah. <clears throat> 30s, late 30s. Mm -hmm early 40s so you'd already and, had a lot of success mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i got it just got smaller and sadder and i remember the new year's eve before i got sober we were at a party a new year's eve party and we were going around the room saying what we wanted and i said to not be so sad oh my and it's such a simple word but it is such there's such a weight to it, sadness. You know, when I had Danny and I were together and it was just sadness. And I didn't want to do anything. And uh, it was, a, it was, it was bad. What, what do you think escalated? Because your, your career was rising. What do you think escalated your drinking? Maybe it's because my career was rising. Hmm. I don't know. Fear of success? Maybe. I don't know. Well, maybe asking. it was just, um, maybe a little of the, uh, well, I had this line in Ham that was like, it said, right before I go on stage, this little voice comes into the back of my head that says, don't go out there, you charlatan. What if they find out? Who do you think you are? And then I remember. 
And so it's this double thing of knowing, having a sense of ego and bravado, and or at least certainly knowing what I had. And then this other thing, which so many have, so many of us have the imposter syndrome. What if they find out? I have no idea what I'm doing. And what it took also, this is very true. So you're, it's surprising that I didn't drink before I went on stage because to get me on stage, Vicky, to this day is pulling teeth. I have such stage fright. I am so terrified. I get nauseous. I, I doubt myself. I think to myself, now this isn't when I'm doing a long running show. When I'm doing eight shows a week, I don't have that. Show right. up for work, see, do my thing, warm up properly, take care of myself, do my job. When I'm doing concert work, mm -hmm. I literally think, why am I doing this to myself? I hate this. It's torturous. I hate it. It's painful. I am scared to death. And then when I start singing and I go out there, I have the greatest time of my life. Then I feel like I'm actually more myself than any other time. Right. But getting me there is brutal, which means also that on some level that I am afraid because I what if I'm not good? What if they don't like me? What if I screw it up? What if I can't sing? And then, of course, to switch to change subjects, not on purpose, but because it relates. After when I had when we got COVID. All right, let's go there. I mean, I have I, a 15 questions in between there and then, but let's this, go there because we're here. Jesus, you see that? See that wet, foam, that white foam? Yes. That's because I'm dehydrated. Where's your water? Drink your water. I'm going to get two more. Oh, my. Wait a minute. That's because of the COVID thing? No. Oh, God, you scared me. I'm what? so thin. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't finished talking about that because you haven't told me what you're eating. You told me the exercise you're doing, but you I, there's more than the exercise. You want me to tell you that? Yes. Okay, years ago, I did Jenny Craig. I'm I, on Nutrisystem right now. I used to okay, do Jenny, good. too. I did really well on that. Mm -hmm. That's when I got to that really great weight. <clears throat> and it's, you know, it's prepackaged portions. Right. It's really crap. It's yeah. processed, nasty. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. You know, it's, and, uh, but you know, you salt anything and it's good. And so uh, that's what I did. And while, uh, what I learned, and we all know all this stuff, is it's really about portion control. Mm -hmm. And I was eating a great deal of food. I was, and I was, while I cook, because I cook all the time, I ate entire meals while I was cooking, right. trying and doing and tasting and that. And then I would eat the meal. And then two hours later, I would have a, I'd nosh on this, or I'd have leftovers from that. So I was eating and then not really eating in the day because mm -hmm. I was busy or not hungry. And then I ate starting at six o'clock. Right. Food non-stop right and i'm getting older and you know right so what i've done well, is i kind of eat pretty much anything i want but i eat very small portions what is what is a small portion is it like the size of like the fist kind of thing like i made i make I, I made spaghetti and meatballs something for my family right and the meatballs are you know this big I give my family a portion of all the meatballs and the sauce and the spaghetti mm -hmm. and the whatever. Mm -hmm. I have a little dish that has like five strands of pasta and one little meatball. Wow. And I'm full. Wow. Now, I wouldn't have wasn't full when I first started doing that. And this hasn't been all at once. I started just decreasing. 
getting, having exercise, um, drinking a ton of water, you know, and it's, it's the same thing. I mean, blah, blah, blah. We all know. How do you lose weight? Burn more calories, eat less calories. It's that simple and it's that hard. And so do, do, you, do you eat sugar? You don't eat sugar? Do you eat? Yeah, I have dark chocolate every single night. Okay. But like we had my friend Nita Whitaker, who's a genius, brilliant, brilliant talent. She and her husband came over and she's a Southern girl, you know, and I made crab cakes and I made, you know, like Southern food. And she brought a sweet potato pie. Of course, I'm going to have some sweet potato pie. How much did you have? Like three bites. Uh Five. Bye. He just said five. Oh, five. (laughs) Five five bites. I thought he said bye. (laughs) (laughs) And so you'll have five bites. And and do you do the um, intermittent fasting thing? Do you only? I do naturally. I I don't have to try to do that. I've never eaten breakfast. It's terrible. Oh, my God. My Siri friend. is all of a sudden just talking to me for reasons yeah, that I don't. That. She interrupts. Oh my God, she's just interrupting. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we were saying. Well, I was saying, do you intermittent fast with, oh, in the middle? I've never liked breakfast. Do you know the actress uh, Bridget Moynihan? She's a, she was a model forever. She's a she's been yeah. in four thousand movies. She's on Blue Bloods now for many years. She's like my sister, and she is <clears throat> just one of those. She's like one of the most beautiful women in the world. And I'm not exaggerating. She's like breathtakingly, like I used to just stare at her. Um, <laughs> very tall and natural body. She's a natural athlete, but natural body. And it was never hard for her. She just, you hate people like that, right? <laughs> but she would say to me, fat people don't eat breakfast. You've got to eat breakfast. You've got to start fueling your body. You've got to, you know, and she said, I eat here, I eat little here, I eat a little here, I eat a little, and that's how she does it. Um, I never You know, could... by the way, that's what Jenny Craig and Nutrisystem say, you have to eat breakfast. You, you have, have to, breakfast. yeah. You know what I think part of it was, is when you've been drinking the night before, you don't really, you're not hungry in the morning. <laughs> you just want coffee and a cigarette. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So you still don't eat breakfast. Not really. And I should. I'm not giving very good advice. So you asked me intermittent fasting. I do. Just I do. It's natural for me. So, all right. So you, you don't eat breakfast. When, when do you, what do you, when do you start your, your eating for the day? Like what do you, what would you have when? One o'clock in the afternoon. What might you have at one o'clock in the afternoon? I just, I'm the bad example. What'd you have? The only time I turn on the television is when I stop what I'm doing. I don't sit down. I there are these little dumplings, soup dumplings from Trader Joe's. Oh yeah, I know them. They're amazing. It's like the poor man's din tai fung. Yeah, so good. <laughs> and I will put them in the microwave. Put on a little chili oil, some white vinegar, maybe a little soy, not too much. Eat them while I'm watching CNN. Do you eat the five of them or however many There's six in there. When I first started doing this, I ate six, then it was five. Now I'm really full on three. And then I don't really eat again until dinner. If I'm hungry. Nothing? You don't have a piece of fruit? Nothing? Oh, I might have a piece of fruit. I might have an apple. I have fruit here. There's bananas and oranges. I might have a bite of chicken from the night before. I might have some cottage cheese. I love cottage cheese which is like the most goyim thing there is. <laughs> um, 
I yeah, I, I don't I don't not eat. I just don't. I I I do. Eat I eat a little. Eat a little. I eat a little when I'm hungry. I don't eat a lot. Mm -hmm. I'll have a protein bar. And so then dinner will be a little dish of spaghetti. Of whatever I make, because I'm not making my family. Now, meanwhile, my son is now on super healthy. So he just wants like, you know, chicken and, and uh, steamed vegetables and brown rice. And so fine. Danny, on the other hand, is a meat and potatoes man. And, uh, you know, from the Midwest, and they love their steak and they love their other stuff. But he's really, you know, he looks great. So now are you going to make different things for Cooper and for Danny, or is everybody going to eat the same thing? I eat a little of whatever there is, so I don't count. And you don't count, but are you going to make them different things now that Cooper's eating so healthy? Or I'll make uh, the same thing with slightly different versions. Like mm -hmm. I won't make a sauce for Cooper, or I won't, you know, whatever. This is not entertaining, Vicky. People. Yes, it is, because everybody on this show wants to lose weight. Ron <laughs> Frederick just wrote, loving this. I'm telling you, because everybody, we're all in the same boat. We're all, how many of us? Well, and this? COVID screwed us up. All right, so what? So now with COVID. But hold on, let's talk about COVID and food for a second. Let's talk about Let COVID. We go to COVID in my voice. Yes. I mean, who didn't bake bread? People <laughs> who would never bake bread, <laughs> yeast. I bought yeast on the black market. I paid so much money for yeast. A woman fought me over the last box of yeast at the store. She tried to claw me and I'm like, take it already. And so, but then I bought some on the yeast black market a lot and then gave it to friends. And I baked and baked and made things and made for other people. And, you know, it gave us something to do. I love being in the kitchen. I love cooking and I loved eating. So I, I was going to say, but also the eating. I mean, we weren't going anywhere. We weren't doing anything. So there was like this nonstop. So Thomas said, yes, please. I want to hear what you eat. So wait, if you have this little dinner, you're not going to have dessert. When do you have that chocolate that you have every day? And how much do you have? I have a piece about this big dark chocolate bark from Trader Joe's. And you have that for dessert? Like an hour or two after, you know, we're having dinner and we're just sitting and watching, you know, mm -hmm. Jeopardy. And you have one little square. You have one little thing. It's like you break it off. It's like a bark yeah. thing. I could show yeah. you. I keep it in the freezer. Oh, but this is something I've learned. Yeah. Which I, I used to eat, just eat it. Now I take a little bite and I literally let it melt on my tongue and I taste it and I'm in it and I enjoy it. It's not a big deal. I'm not like, you know, chocolate, but it, <laughs> um, but I, I savor it. Yes. I'm aware of it. You know, yes. I made crab cakes the other night and with a roomalade and these things, and I had it. I just didn't have two. I just didn't overdo it. Um, Are you ever hungry? Oh yeah. Uh -huh. And I'm you've hungry. just learned, like Steve, Steve, Steven Tyler says nothing, tastes as good as skinny feels. I've and, heard that too. Right? So, so is that what it is for you that if you get hungry, you just say, wait, wait, no, no, no. I mean, what is no. it? I mean, yes and no. And now I eat something, but wow. I just don't eat, you know, I just don't overdo. It's like I tell my son, everything in moderation. I mean, Jesus Christ, Vicky. If you could drink or whatever drugs you did in moderation, 
then it would have worked out just fine. Yes, it would have, but it doesn't work that way for it me. It doesn't work that for you. And no. it doesn't work that way for a lot of people who have addiction issues or even people who are just addicted to food. It's very hard. No one can eat just one. That's literally the advertising for Lay's potato chips. Yes, no one is. can eat just one. Well, no shit. <laughs> so right? I, all right, so that's a great, there you go right there, potato chips my downfall potato salty fatty things oh my god more than more than sweets mm -hmm. do you not touch them at all what what happened because that I is impossible to control i put them on a plate or in a oh. bowl i do not eat them out of the bag because and then you I still come. you can let yourself have like a little absolutely. bit of them absolutely if i'm making a sandwich or what when we go out to eat mm -hmm. you know, i eat half portions todd schroeder my brilliant music director you know yes. him he always said this and I loved it. When the dish comes to your table, unless you're eating in some little pissy place where they're like giving you some foam, um, when it comes, cut it in half and you say, can you please pack this to go? Before you start eating. Right, right. Wow. Yeah, that, I, I've heard of people who do that. I've never done it. I've thought about it. It sounds like a really good idea. Um, I like the idea of that. So, oh, when you go to a restaurant, okay, here you go. You go to a restaurant, you get a normal size portion. What do you do? Do you push it aside before you start? What do you do? I don't do that before I start. Mm -hmm. I think when we all begin a program like this, when we want to lose a substantial amount of weight, it's really, really hard. And so you have to make rules like that. Take yeah. it away. I'm done. Take it away. And this weird thing in my head about waste, about wasting food, yeah, well, I want to eat it because I don't want to waste it. Yeah. Well, guess what? What's the difference between me eating it and throwing it in the garbage? It's like it's still going somewhere. <laughs> it's still going somewhere it shouldn't. It's somewhere it shouldn't, <laughs> unless someone else is going to eat it. So when I first started this, yeah, it was push it away. I'll take half, or I just ordered differently. But now, and this is the great thing, and we all know this: when we start anything, a workout program, any kind of discipline, any kind of discipline. The more we do it, the better it gets, the, we see some progress, the better we feel about ourselves, the more we want to do it, and then it starts to happen naturally. I do you not, do you not feel deprived? No. I love that. I'm so happy. I'm so happy because for the first time in 10 years, you know, we were talking about not fitting in pants. Well, I've been, I've been overweight for myself for such a long time that I didn't have any small clothes. I threw them out a long time ago. You know, the ones you keep, I'm gonna fit right. it again. Yeah. I didn't, maybe a few things, I didn't save them. So now I'm like- Nothing fits, cause they're too bad. Fits for the right, re I mean, not for the right, you know what I'm saying? And also yes. the tricky subject now, isn't it? Because you're saying everybody here wants to lose weight, but we are also living in a time where there is acceptance and people are being told and taught and embracing the kind of judgment. I have friends, I'm 62 years old. My my contemporaries, my women contemporaries, one in particular, <clears throat> who's one, like my, again, like she's like my sister. And she's like, I have to accept at this time of my life with menopause, with age, with metabolism changes, with just body types changing, I don't need to be that anymore. Yes, I'd like to lose a few pounds, and I'd like to be healthy, but I don't need to go through what I would have to get to, to weigh what I did 20 years ago. 
mm-hmm. or 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, even people who are in great shape. If I weighed what I weighed when I was 25 years old, I would be 30 pounds thinner than I am now. That would you know, not look good. <clears throat> I, I look at pictures of myself. I, I got a Facebook memory from two years ago and I almost started to cry. Are you okay? Hold on, I'm literally joking. Don't choke. <clears throat> two you years ago, I thought I was as fat as a house. <clears throat> what I, I would kill to look like I did two years ago. Two years ago. And but it's been that roller coaster. But but you know I've only been this way like twice in my life where I've been this miserable. But but I never was satisfied. I mean I look at pictures all through my life going oh my god I looked fantastic. I was bitching right. up a storm. I was right. bitching up a storm. And then I was walking out. Who really I really did healthy. have a problem or hated people. Like I went to uh, <clears throat> when I was. When I was, I did have an eating disorder, and when I was very, very thin, and this was in college, and I went to an overeaters anonymous. How do you get? How do you get over an eating disorder? We'll get to that. Okay. Our whole program today is about food. <laughs> but um, but that's what people want to talk about because okay. we've all been through COVID and we're all going through this weird shit. So I went to an overeaters anonymous meeting, right. and I sat down, and I was still an overeater. I was binging and throwing up. Mm-hmm. I sat down at the overeaters and this woman literally came up to me. She said, you do, you do, you don't belong here. Um, you need to leave here. What? The vomiters meeting is upstairs. Oh my God. And I'm like, wow, first of all, you just kicked me out of a 12 step program where oh we God. only, we are the ones who decide if we qualify for that program, not somebody else. And she literally kicked me out and told me I didn't fit in. <laughs> oh my Lord. That sounds like an Al Anon meeting. Anyway. Right? Anyway, listen. I was saying that we are in a culture now, and I think it's wonderful where people are accepting more about themselves. When I say I weighed 30 pounds less, I didn't look too skinny then. I mean, I'm talking I'm talking about eating disorder time. Right, that right, right. Was- that was 70 pounds less, 60 pounds, right? What? So, oh God. Yeah. So oh my um, gosh. You know, I'm talking about just like what a young person weighs. I was thin and I was in shape, but I didn't weigh. I, it wouldn't look good on a man my age's body right Correct. now. It's not, it's not the same. Right. So my friend who was saying, I have to accept certain aspects of this, like, God bless you. Because why are you torturing yourself or deciding you're supposed to be something else and that health is her issue. And she's saying, you know what, she is a very, her job is on her feet all the time. And uh, she's like, I want my, I want my knees to work. I want to be able to run up and down the stairs and run across the set and be able to do the thing. And, and so she's doing it for the right reasons. And she goes, you know what, yeah, I want to look good and feel good about how I look, but I don't need to decide I'm supposed to be something that I'm not really going to attain again mm-hmm. because I'm an X amount of old wo- 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 woman and I've had menopause and life changes and I don't need to be that. Mazel tov. Right? You know, but I hear people say that. But they do they mean it? No. That's no. <laughs> that, was, that was the next thing I was going to say. Because when they're alone in their room and they're looking in the mirror and they're naked, they're going, fuck, 
<laughs> you know, Maybe. because I, I think it's great. What about great. the Lizzo's, Vicky? What about the Lizzo's? You know, I, I love Lizzo and I, I, I have so much respect for her. I, the first time I saw Lizzo was when she did the tiny desk. Um, and, uh, I saw it at Phil Rosenthal's. It was before, way before she was famous. It was like the first thing she did. And she was this enormous girl being right. sexy as all get out. Right. And I thought this woman is it. This is, so I, Yes, I think there are people that are in acceptance of themselves. I think there are. I think. There and are. then, the, which raises the question: If someone is unhealthily too thin, too not, <clears throat> mm -hmm. then where does that go? Because we do live in a society that is about how you look and how other people think you look, and wanting other people to think you look good. And yet, it is ultimately like if someone is. <clears throat> A great deal amount over what they should weigh to be a healthy person. That is, you want to be healthy too. I want Absolutely. Lizzo to live for a long time, and I don't okay, want her to have a heart attack. I do too, <clears throat> and and I and it goes the other way as well. I know thin. We all know thin people oh who are God. so thin and so into deprivation, and on and they're unhappy. You can see it on their face. They never let themselves eat anything no. and there's such deprivation totally. um there's self, no joy self self-hate and especially and it, and it is women primarily and although i do know they, some men but yes, yeah it is primarily but there's women. women who are so rail thin and then they all have the same hairstyle and they all wear the same clothes <laughs> and they want to look exactly like each other because that's their idea of beauty mm -hmm. and it's not, it's not good. It is a very scary psychological thing to feel that way. It's scary. So Sam, how long have you been, how long, I would assume you're like on maintenance now. How, how long have you been at this? I just got here. I just got to my go away. Actually, how, I, I have two more pounds and then I'll be how, how long have you been in this area? Oh. Within five pounds. Only a, only a few weeks, a couple, few weeks. I mean, because that's the other thing is I'm on Nutrisystem. And back in the day when I was on Nutrisystem in the 80s or on Jenny Craig, I'd go on that thing. I'd lose the weight in two weeks. It's gone. Now, oh, my God, to lose three ounces. <laughs> oh well, it's like when we, start, when we start a program, you know, you always lose this chunk in the first week or two because your body's going, what? What are you doing to me? <laughs> and then it comes off. So when I first started this, I was losing a lot quickly. Um, not as quickly as the old days, but quickly. And now it's like, you know, a pound here, a pound there, but that's fine. And I, I do believe, I do believe that I will maintain this because I really like, like feeling like this. And I haven't felt like this in a decade. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be enough, you know? Mm -hmm. And also, it, although, I, can I tell you what really pissed me off? So, like, I don't know, three pounds ago, four pounds ago. So I was still really had achieved this. I went to a football meeting for the kids. First one, you know, because we're going back to the new season. And I can't wait to see all my football friends, parents. And I just, you know, I was waiting for applause. Right. I mean, and they're going to see me. I have <laughs> one person said something. And it was even a question, have you lost weight? 
like, have I lost weight? <laughs> have I lost weight? This is your question. Uh, there's a neighbor of ours. I saw her today. She didn't say a goddamn thing. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, oh, and it happened somewhere else that Danny and I were, where it was like, until Danny acknowledged it, he goes, does anybody even notice this? And I said, do you think people didn't perceive me as fat? Yes, I think that's where And then he said, no, it's just that everybody only sees things in terms of themselves. Well, there's that. (laughs) There is that as well. I think there's definitely that. But I also think that you don't, you never present it as fat. And I, yes. And I think that that's. (laughs) I mean, come on. What? I'm going to do a close up. Look at that. No, but but you didn't look like that. I don't care. You didn't. That's Cooper says I look like a pedophile. You yeah, says, you do look like a pedophile, but you, <laughs> never like, you never look like that. That's ridiculous. All right. So so let's talk about let people, by the way, people are really appreciating are they? everything that you're. T- yes, there's okay. a lot. There's Crystal and there's Toba and there's a lot of people are really appreciating this conversation because we're struggling. We're, we're so many of us are struggling and COVID did not help our struggle at all, you no. know, because it was not only that we were home and we were eating more, but we weren't going and we weren't moving. We weren't right. doing anything. Right. So let's talk before we talk about what happened to your voice, how how back to real life, how back to regular life are you guys now? Oh, we're back to regular life. A hundred percent. No, Danny's not because before COVID he traveled. Right. Three or four days a week mm-hmm. all over the world. Right. And then during COVID, of course he couldn't. And then his business changed to zoom and increased because no longer were there flying times and hotel times and all this stuff all of a sudden working more hours more clients more things and um to the point that he lost his voice and had to go to my doctor and stuff because he was talking you know eight hours a day wow and um and he was here all the time and you know it was COVID, and i'm like why are you in my house like all the time why are you here (laughs) You're supposed to be traveling three to four days a week. So since you're not traveling, could you at least like go to the garage for a couple of hours? You could want to walk, get out of my house. So anyway, um, here's uh, our life is back to normal. Now it's coming back. He's traveling more, but it'll never be like it was. I don't think the world will be like it was. People have shut down huge, you know, they had three floors in in an office building, a law firm, and now they have six offices because they discovered what? We need to get together once in a while to confab, but they're working at home. And I think a lot of a lot will be missing from that. So is he still mostly working at home? Yes. Yes. Okay. And he's traveling some. The only big difference I've seen, or let's say uh, fallout, is I think these kids really suffered. Okay, let's talk about that a little bit because that's huge. Cooper spent at least a year plus doing school at home right pretty much a year at home a year and a half and Um, how did that affect his socialization with other kids or was he zooming a lot was he never no he had school Mm -hmm. and he wasn't he was right in an age where he wasn't texting wasn't doing anything Uh uh-huh he was was, playing a lot of video games what was he doing video games we tried to entertain him we tried to do things um 
and school, you know, was still, you know, six hours a day. So <clears throat> that took up the lion's share of his time. Right. But what it affected was, yes, their socialization, sort of an arrested development, because when we started being together again, these kids didn't really know how to communicate. That's what I was going to ask. How was it when they started to come back together again? Well, I would say, why don't you ask Anthony to come over? Well, I wouldn't know what to say. These are your friends that you've known before. Yeah. And to school with, well, I wouldn't know what to say. Well, what are we going to do? And then academically, right? you hear it over and over, and I've read many articles, particularly in mathematics and in reading, these kids were not just the year and a half they were behind. It was further back because yeah. not only did they not retain what they had learned, they weren't really getting the, you can't learn reading on Zoom. No. And math is very hard. Yes. Math is very so, hard if you're in the classroom with the teacher. Yeah. The no shit. Okay, this is, how about this for a fallout? I had two teeth cracked, cracked. I went to my dentist. They had to pull one and replace it with this. And this one's cracked and the crown and the thing. And I'm like, what is happening? And he said, they have done, had this so much because people are living like this and grinding their teeth at night. And they're so tense. Wow. That he said, you cannot believe how many people are coming in also because we didn't go to the doctor or the dentist. Yeah. the dentist and so these people are coming in with their teeth all messed up wow and you hear like i oh, had i had to have a three-hour cleaning i hadn't gone to the dentist for like i had to have a three-hour cleaning painful. the first time i went back they were pretty good they're great they have screens and it, it was fine they numb my it was it was but yeah because i hadn't gone all through for the first two and a half years right right yeah so okay so no it's danny so okay so so now it's been back to real life for a while so is it as if it never happened or it for cooper or or is there fallout from it is there still social fallout is there is there getting a lot better Mm -hmm. it's getting a lot better but i think that they lost some time Mm -hmm. i think all of us did Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I know that my mother was a group of women that my mother would get together with for lunch every whatever it was once every two weeks, once a mm-hmm. month. And when it stopped because of COVID, it just never really quite reassembled. You know what I mean? I still have somewhat social. I'm, I have to force myself to make mm-hmm. lunch dates and go to parties. I, I still yeah. have to force myself. I, it still I doesn't feel too. real. I'm in that too. And I don't know if it's just COVID or also the way I always was because I'm, I'm happy. I like, I like my company and I, yeah, need I do too, life. but I was doing a lot of, so I did a lot of social things right before the pandemic. I think you're a much lot. more social than I am. I well, think you're more. I, I didn't I, leave my house for three years. I don't know. I don't, no, but I anyway. mean, in general, I feel like you are somebody who is so you're so gregarious and you're so curious about life and you uh are easy with people i mean this is for me because i know you and i like you and i feel safe with you but i'm not good at a party i just get you know not you either i'd i'd like a dinner party give me five or six people that's lovely i like that too but yeah but yeah Danny and I had this conversation the other night because he's very 
He's so outgoing and he's so charming and he's so great with people. He's great with strangers. I have to kick him under the table at a restaurant <laughs> because like, I don't really care where the, where the server came from. I don't care <laughs> right now. I just want to have my food and talk to you across the table. Um, <laughs> he's so good with people. Um, and so that was really hard for him. But we were talking about, I, and we made a pact actually. We're making more plans. We're going to the theater. We're gonna make dinner plans. We're gonna go out to this. We're gonna meet with these people because in, we didn't for a long time. And then inevitably, if we did, I'm like, I don't wanna do this. And 100% of the time, I'm glad I did. 100%. I, 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 I totally agree with, okay. So that's what I, I wanna ask you. So like, I still haven't been to the movies. That's the one thing I still haven't done. I haven't gone, I've, we've been to the theater. We went to Europe, we went to Europe. Wow. Um, have you been travel? Have you traveled? Not a whole lot, but yes. But you've been on planes. The last time we uh, talked, yes. the last time we talked, you guys were going by car to like a, a ranch or something in Montana. Oh yeah, to or Montana. Something. We went to right. Montana. You went to Montana, but since that time, you've you've gotten on airplanes and you've. Well, we've had family vacations. We've gone to Europe. We just got back from Hawaii. We went to three or four countries last year. We go to the East Coast. We go to the Cape. <clears throat> so. And um, so, yeah. how is that for yeah. you? How is the like, I still wore a mask on the plane. We just I went to too. Europe. I, okay. Mm -hmm. I do too. Mm -hmm. Especially because there's this bizarre resurgence, you know? Yes. yes. And I know these people who've come back from cruises and they all got sick again. Mm -hmm. Yep. I don't yes, need yes. to be with a I'm bunch not getting on a cruise ship. I'm sorry. That's not happening. I well, I don't really want to be with a bunch of people on a ship where I can't get away. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so tell us. So, what happened to you, Sam? Because I know that. So, when did you get the COVID? Where did you? Where did you get the COVID? Do you know? Um, can I just say something because you're making me laugh? And this is very, very sort of New York Jewish. Where did you get the COVID? It's COVID, Vicky. Where did you get COVID? The That's COVID. The it's the my, Facebook. My it's father the would COVID. say, "Did you smoke the dope? Did you smoke? You know." <clears throat> I, you know, are, are you getting on the Amazon? That's so, right. Anyway. <laughs> so yes, I had the COVID. I got yes. it in May of, what is this year? This is this 2023. Is 2023, yeah. So I got it in 21. Did you, was that the Omicron or was that before Omicron? Omicron. Was it, it was Omicron. And you had already been vaccinated or no? I had been vaccinated. Okay. And then, um, and you know, it wasn't that big of a deal. Do you know, did you know, did you know where you got it? Because at that time you probably weren't doing that much no, out in the world. No, 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 I don't even remember. I think I okay. might've figured it out. And I also have a theory that I actually had it in the beginning before everybody knew what it was. Mm -hmm. Because I had pneumonia at the very end of 2019 that put me on my back for three weeks and I thought I was gonna die. <sighs> Oh. like I couldn't I was this close to the hospital <clears throat> and looking back we thought wonder if I was one of those people had you um, traveled right before that yes uh. and I did a show well I was getting very very sick and that's what just kind of knocked me getting a weird shadow isn't it? the sun's changing yeah and the sun is changing um so anyway I got it I was fine you were fine I was, I recovered fine. Hmm. I took, had another vaccine. Wait, tell me, 
you got it. Well, how did it manifest in you? Did you have the fever? Did you have fever? Yeah, did but it was just... nothing. It was like a bad flu. I didn't you were have sick a for like a week, two weeks. I was, you know, I was positive for whatever it was, you know, yeah. 12, 10 or 12 days. Okay. And I was not really symptomatic after the first week. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was lucky that and I did. And did Danny and Cooper get it? They had it before me. Oh, that's where I got it. Oh. <laughs> they got it. It was Danny and then it was Cooper. And I thought, you know, because I'm being Florence Nightingale with the chicken soup right. and, you know, taking care of everybody. And then I thought, I didn't get it. I'm immune. And then I got it. Uh, so that's how I got it from my family. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, I got it. I recovered fine. And then I had this, and, oh, I can't remember the calendar, but ultimately I was recording this song. I was recording. Wait, a sit, sit back because so the sun doesn't hit your face. Not that far back, just so that the sun isn't in your face. Yeah. But I'm not there. Is that okay? No, no, no. You're great. You're great. Okay. Um, I can't get the timeline right. Right. But it hit me in. <clears throat> it hit me. I was doing doing a video, and you know when you sing, even though it's pre-recorded, if you're singing to trap, you still sing live with it, so everything looks like it's working right, right, right. right. Just, no, that's not how you lip sync. You right. actually do it. So I did this song, the same freaking song, over for like hours and hours and hours, and um, I, I something felt really wrong and weird after that. I think I, then I got another vaccination. I don't know what I'm saying because I can't remember the timeline. Ultimately, all that matters is, uh, oh shit, Vicky, this is so boring. No, it's not boring. It's no, I'm, I'm remembering. We're the COVID crazy. I know what happened. Oh, this is the wrong, okay, go ahead. the wrong schedule. I didn't hadn't had COVID yet. Oh. I I know I hadn't had COVID yet. I oversang, and I hemorrhaged a a vocal cord. That's what it was. That was 2020. Okay. I think. Anyway, yes, I hammered the vocal cord. I went on six weeks vocal rest, started to build back. It hemorrhaged again. Oh, More God. vocal rest. It kept hemorrhaging from like a cough or a sneeze or any small thing. <clears throat> the greatest doctor in the world. I started studying again with my goddess of a voice teacher in New York, Joan Later. I was getting back in shape. It hemorrhaged again. I had surgery. I had vocal surgery. I couldn't wait to have that surgery because I had been at this point like months of not speaking. I didn't speak at one point for six months. Oh my Lord. <clears throat> horrifying, horrifying. I, I seem to recall this. Okay, it's yeah. Because I didn't speak before the surgery and then I couldn't speak after the surgery. But I was so happy to have it. I'm like, let's stop messing with this hemorrhaging because I'm living in fear and you know, so I had- What kind I, of surgery stops you from hemorrhaging? A laser goes in and cauterizes the I vein. See. Mm -hmm. So I was healing. I had the surgery in October. I started healing. I was vocalizing. I had <clears throat> a couple of gigs. I sang uh, in March, I March or April in New York. Felt great, great, singing my ass off, 
talking about the vocal drama I'd just been through. And then I got COVID and then something happened where my voice, and this happened over a period of days. Oh, quick. I couldn't find a pitch. I couldn't hold a tone. I couldn't find a tone. It sounded like not a voice, like this crazy sound. Scariest thing I've ever experienced. I went to my doctor and he said, it's like your vocal cords are paralyzed. And he said, Sam, this is the condition I'm seeing that's a COVID-related vocal dysphonia. And this had nothing to do with your surgery and what happened before? Wow. And here's the crazy part. It did not affect my regular speaking range. So I could be talking to you like this. And then if I tried to sing a note, And he said, a lot of people have this and they don't know it because they don't sing or talk outside of their vocal range, their speaking vocal range. Wow. Right? So when, when did this start, Sam? How long ago? This is 2021. Oh, right? long time ago. Uh-huh. This whole thing started with that and the surgery and then the vocal thing. So I can't to cancel my work. And then I started vocalizing to get it back. And then I started studying again, two voice lessons a week, six days a week of vocal exercises, the most boring thing in the world. And it was terrible because I would go two steps forward and then three steps back and then one step forward and like that. And it frustrated me because there was no consistency to my progress. Mm-hmm. And I and vocal exercises like anything over and over is so boring. It's one thing to vocalize to warm up. That's just what you do. It's like warming up your legs if you're a dancer. But to do this for long periods of time was agonizing. Oh and gosh. No. You're seeing the sun. It looks body. like I have like a light. Yeah. Anyway, it's fine. Um, it was really painful. And then so I, I had my agent say, let's rebook these dates. I'm going to be fine in six months. Rebooked it rebook things and four months in i'm like i'm not going to be the clock was ticking i was a mess an emotional mess mentally fried which was not helping my voice it was scaring me because i'm not i'm gonna have to i'm not gonna be able to do it i'm not gonna be able to do it and so i had to call and say we're canceling again a lot of the same venues and so, and I haven't, I haven't sung in public since. And wait a, wait a minute, this I, was two years ago. No, 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 this went from 2021 yeah. all the way into 2023. Two years. Yeah, that's how long this has been going on. Yeah. Wow. But now you can sing. Can't sing like Sam Harris yet. But you can sing. I can sing. It's something you said you would do for us before you go, by the way. Okay, yeah, I'll sing something. But so uh, it's been very slow. And what I did also was I took a mental break. I stopped the voice lessons. I stopped the exercises. Oh, no. I stopped the stress. 
I stopped doing it. I am not singing because every time I did, it would freak me out because it never hurt, Vicky. It never hurt. It just didn't come out. And my greatest blessing has been, my greatest blessing, when I hear a note in my head, I can sing it. Whatever I hear in my head, I can sing it. I can produce it. I can sing that note, that lick, that range. It's That's my God-given thing. I heard something in my head and I couldn't, it wouldn't come out of my mouth unexpectedly. So of course I couldn't sing in public because I didn't know what was gonna happen. Even if I was feeling great, it would just come out. Terrifying. So no, I have not sung in public and I took a, a mental break and I haven't sung except just for myself or a couple of people at the piano. I haven't gotten together with Todd. I just needed to stop. And now, and I said I was gonna start again, like now, at this time, the beginning of July. And so I'm just humming a bit and doing whatever, and I'll get back. But I had you will. very emotional. I was also like, <clears throat> what does it mean to me? And, and is it worth it? Do I want to sing? So who are you, Sam, when you're not singing? What, what was life, what has life been for you? Because singing has been such a huge part of who you are. Um, I'm trying to find this because I know it's really weird. Actually, I'm going to go to another room. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> it's been go a to lot. The go to the piano. Okay. Um, yes, it's been who I am, mm -hmm. but I'm a writer. Yes, you are. Um, I'm an actor. Mm -hmm. I am a storyteller in ways. And that doesn't change. I'm a storyteller through singing, but I'm also a storyteller in lots of ways. <clears throat> and and I write, and I love my been, writing. I was going to say, have, I you will been, have you been writing? Well, um, I'm I'm working on uh, the, the 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 book, Substance of All Things, not Ham. The you know the which is like my greatest probably thing I'm most proud of in my life of all the different I created. It's in development for uh, for other media. So that's that's taking my time and my creativity. And so, and I get great joy from that. Nothing would ever be the same as singing because, but I can't sing in fear. Mm -hmm. Can't sing in fear. Mm -hmm. And this time I talked to my agent, he's so gracious and so wonderful and said, health is everything. Health and happiness are everything. Mm. And <clears throat> that is first, because I just want, I'm always afraid I'm going to disappoint everyone all the time. <clears throat> I mean, talk about stage fright. If I already had it, imagine. So he said, your health is everything. And I said, this time we're not going to book and say, I think I'm going to be great in three months. Let's book that. Let's book in six months. I said, we're not going to book until I'm 100% and I have sat there for a minute. I love that. I love that you're taking that pressure off yourself. I have to. Mm -hmm. Can't cancel these places again. Mm -hmm. And I can't do that to myself. Mm -hmm. And so, and it's not like, you know, Vicky, it's not like, oh, I call him on Tuesday and say, okay, I feel great. I'm doing it. And he says, great. On Friday, you fly to New York. No, everything books out six months or a year anyway. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a minute. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. 
Mm-hmm. Well, you've got other things that you do, the, the writing, the turning. You had a TV show that you had sold. You had a half hour television show that you had sold the last time we met. Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I know the way those. Things. Yeah, <laughs> that okay. Was, that was that was a no, that was a COVID, a COVID byproduct as well. Yes. It was, it got uh if I had a nickel, right? For every one of those. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. All right. So, but this I'm excited about. Um, I'm excited about uh the substance of it. Yeah, so this is great to say. All right, so it sounds you know, like you're one you're... more comment. One more comment. Of course, who I was afraid I would disappoint the most. Yes, the buyers, yes, the promoters, yes, my agent, yes, whatever. But I have been so, so lucky to have, and I've never liked the word fan, but I call myself one for other people, a fan base that is so loyal and so giving. And I was afraid that they were going to be so disappointed or turn on me or, you know, I had to return my tickets and I had to, but, and it hasn't been that at all. It has been the most loving, embracing, open arms about real concern for me as a human being. Absolutely. Beyond what I do, because that's the truth. That's the lesson in all this too. Singing is not who I am. It's what I do. And once we think it's who I am, then who are we without it? Because it all changes and it all ends. It's what I do. And I do many things. And I'm a damn good dad and a damn good husband and a really good friend. And I have many friends who are way bigger celebrities and stars than I am, big. And some of them have been able to manage those things. And some of them have chosen that over finding that relationship or having children or finding other things that bring them joy. So there's so much pressure on the approval Mm -hmm. of that and the need for that all the time, because that's what's been invested. And that's great for some people. But I also, when I'm talking about people like I have a couple of friends who are much older, who are really big stars. And they were like, I've got, you know, an Oscar and three Tonys on the shelf, but my, I don't really have any depth. There's no depth. And so I made some choices when I chose to invest in my relationship with my husband and also choosing to have a child. And people would say, we were going to talk about that. Parents go on set for six months. And I'm like, well, that doesn't mean they're good parents. Um, (laughs) And some people make it work and do it beautifully. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a girl uh, who's currently, uh, she's in Into the Woods, Stephanie Block, a brilliant, brilliant Broadway mm-hmm. actor. And she's wonderful, we just saw it. And she has two kids. Her husband is playing the baker. She's playing the baker's wife. Mm-hmm. And she has, is it one kid or two? She, the kid is on the road with them. And their family is traveling on the road with the show. I don't know how long she's booked for. How, how, how old is it? It must be a little kid. Yeah, but not yeah. not he's in school, so it's oh. home. It's they're doing all this stuff, but wow. she's like we want to make a living. I need to do this. This is my heart. This is my talent. Her husband is brilliant. They're How work- do they do the school thing for the kid? I think tutor? they homeschool and tutor, uh-huh. and they this show is so big that it sets down in places. They're uh-huh. not they're not moving every week or two. Right. So um, 
but she, they, they made a difficult family choice and it's really working. Mm -hmm. And there, there they were, they had to decide this. We can do this together as a family. Great parts, they're both brilliant. And we have this one little complication, a child. And so what they've done is make it work for them. Because guess what? When you look forward, that child is going to remember being with their parents in this bizarre world where they're in hotels or rentals or whatever, but they were together. Absolutely. And if they left for six months or a year and left him with, you know, his uncle in Chicago. Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. So I was going to ask you if you miss the applause and if you miss being on stage and having that, but you seem very comfortable in your skin these days, maybe more so than I've ever seen you before. Wow. Thank you. You do. You seem really content and you seem in acceptance and um, it suits you. Thank you. I mean, I, I'm like any other hammy actor. I love applause. Um, but I love applause because of the relationship that happens mm -hmm. in live performing. Mm -hmm. I give everything I have when I'm on stage. I, I leave it there. It's mm -hmm. all there. I've never ever phoned in a single performance. I've had you some. you left it all on my living room floor <laughs> for 50 I, women. That doesn't mean I'm good. That doesn't mean I don't have really bad shows. That doesn't mean oh. I'm, but you know what I mean? I mean, everything's not what you want it to be. I've never had a perfect show. And so, but it's everything to me. And so when I do that and I get applause, I'm they're thanking me, me thanking them. It's like this really beautiful thing that makes me feel good. But you are right. I, I don't need it. Certainly not in the same way. Vicky, when I was young, young, when I was a teenager, I would drive, this is true. I would drive around grocery store parking lots with my windows down and sing. <laughs> People would hear me. I didn't want to meet somebody until they heard me sing because then they would love me. So what does that mean if they haven't heard me sing? Probably not going to like Sam. You so know, Crystal, Crystal says something very interesting here. She says, that's what losing weight does. It changes your insides. You know, I think that might be part of this place that you're in too, is that you're feeling so good about yourself because yes. you've done this major... Crystal, that is absolutely true. Mm -hmm. She did it. She lost a substantial really. amount of weight. Yeah, it does. It does. It's that thing, you know, we talked about where as you all you grow older, you know, it's like you look in the mirror and you're like, who is that? What? That's not what I see myself as. And right now, it's pretty damn close. And it sounds so surfacy, but it does affect how Screw we feel. Screw that. You know, Why for like, press up? for like, Five days in 1989, I had a perfect fucking body. <laughs> it was, oh my God. You know, it was really something. So, you know, yeah. And you're still chasing it, baby. Stop. I'm still chasing it. You are it. beautiful, beautiful. And I don't know what you're talking about because at least from this view, from the, the tits up, 
<laughs> you look thin and chiseled and fabulous. Well, thank you. But there's a whole bunch of shit going on below the, below <laughs> the screen. All right. So, Sam, I, you know, I, I literally could talk to you all night. I just, I and every, nobody's been bored by any of it. Everybody has loved this loveless and gotten a lot out of it because we're yeah. all, we're all, we're all we're doing this. We're all human. Yeah. We're all doing this. And it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, yeah. But, um, okay. So before you go, you have to sing for us. Okay. I'll sing this song. Um, <clears throat> and it's just, I've known it forever and I'm a big Donny Hathaway fan. Ooh. And this is a version. I mean, he sang this song, he didn't write it. And it's such a wonderful, wonderful message. And I'm not a piano player, but, um, it's just a beautiful, simple song with the greatest lyric ever. <clears throat> And I can't see without my glasses, but I'm not going to get them because that means I'd have to go to the other room. <laughs> <laughs> but then we could see your body as you walk through the room. You haven't seen all these. I was, lo I was looking. Wow. You've done a lot since I saw you last. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh. We know
I have goosebumps from head to toe. That might be one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard you sing. Thank that you. was absolutely gorgeous, Sam. I, um, You might have lost some of your ability to do it there, but not who you are and not the kishkas where it comes from. And um, I, you're getting so much love is just that you're getting hearts. Well, thank just, you to all you who are giving hearts because... Um, you know, I do love to sing and and I will get my thing back. But, uh, you know, the thing about all of us is I'm not supposed to sing in the keys I sang in when I was in my 20s and 30s. No, you're not. That's and you're not, not supposed normal. to fit in the pants you were in in your you're 20s. Not, either. <laughs> but that doesn't mean that I'm not that what I give and what we all give isn't richer and on a deeper level, because, you know, I could do vocal acrobatics. And yes, I was honest. I was always an honest performer, but God, I have, we all have so much more to give and to say and to listen to and to embrace and to relate to mm. and to be a part of the human condition. And the older we get and the more we experience, especially the shit, the more we have to give. And that my friend on this note, uh, and it's what I tell my son, we are on the earth for one reason, to be of service. That's why we're here, to leave it better than we found it, to take somebody in, to help them. And I get to do it in my work. I get to do it by being of service, by maybe letting somebody think something or feel something or having an experience that they might not have. So I'm lucky to do that, but that's why we're here. And that never goes away. No matter what we lose or if our hair falls out or if we gain weight, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It just gets better. Well, you've made our day, you've made my day better. And uh, I'm you so happy to have seen you again. And you look marvelous. <laughs> and uh, thank you. I've loved every second, Sam. I, I adore love you. you. I love talking to you and we'll do it again soon, I hope. And to you guys who are watching, I love you and appreciate you. Thank you. See you soon, Sam. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.